Stranger Things Everyone wants more All we can do Is wait for season four I thought in the meantime That it might be fun To read every comic and book In what I call the Stranger Danger Book Club Ah, Stranger Danger Book Club Ah, Book Club Stranger Danger Book Club I told you, I am a slow reader, okay? It's been like a month since you've last heard from me, but I can say that last night I just finished reading the first official Stranger Things novel from 2019. I read Stranger Things, Suspicious Mind. By Gwenda Bond. Now, you people might know who Gwenda Bond is. If you're if you skew a little younger than me, and you read uh, young adult and children's fiction, who am I kidding? I do too. Um, but I'm just going to read a quick thing about the author. This is listed on Amazon. Gwenda Bond writes YA and children's fiction, among other things. Her novels include the Lois Lane series. So there's a novel of books where the protagonist is Lois Lane. And I'm just hearing about this now. Uh, So her novels include the Lois Lane series, Fallout, Double Down, and Triple Threat, which bring the iconic comic book character front and center in the Cirque American series, Girl on a Wire, Girl Over Paris, Girl in the Shadows, about daredevil heroines who discover magic and mystery lurking under the big top. Ooh. Well, I can tell you that uh, 
she is a very good writer. And it took me a second to get into her writing. Like, I was reading... So before this, I think I read... Well, I read this author named Ari Salvatore, R.A. Salvatore, who does a lot of Dungeons and Dragons writing. Um, I have... I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. I know very little about it, but I've read just about every book he's done. I'm a few behind, but I've read like over 50. Discovered him because he went to the same college that my wife and I attended, and she had to go see him speak for her English class, so I tagged along, and I became the fanboy. That being said, I, I read that. I, I think I read Harry Potter, uh, you know, um, Chamber of Secrets again. Then I went back to read Ari Salvatore. Then I went and read Jaws. And then I um, switched. I read um, The Other Side, the comic book. And then I switched to this. So it was a little different style of writing that just took me for a few minutes. I'm like, wait, what is just just the way this just the style of writing is different. And um, but once I got into it once I got used to it because I'm an old man and a slow writer and I don't have the greatest uh, um, literacy level I don't know is that a word I have no idea uh, but once I got into it my goodness did I get into this now I'm trying to decide how much should I go into the book should I go into it con- uh, assuming you read it and just kind of talk about everything or should I hold off in hopes that you will read it? Now, I did talk about this in the last episode. So if you were planning on reading it, I gave you more than enough time because I'm going to go on a limb and say you read faster than I do. Not that I'm like a bad reader. It's just that I'll read five pages and then I'll fall asleep and then I'll read five pages. So what I've been doing the last few nights is going in the backyard. I got my little tablet. I sit, I put on a little fire. I sit there with my doggy and she sits on my lap and I lean the book up against her back and I read, 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 read. And it was, it was great. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to think, and I think what I'm going to do is tell you exactly what I'm going to do right after we hear from today's sponsor. Yeah, I'm just going to do my best and and to talk about everything in this book. So if you haven't read it and you want to read it, I think now would be a good time to stop, go read the book, then come back uh, and and if you want and listen to just the uh, amazing, amazing things that I am going to, uh, to say about this book. It's, I mean, it's top-notch, top-notch stuff. When I read the synopsis for this book, this is... Um, this is on, again, on the Amazon page. Just, I'm going to read a little bit of it. Um, it's the summer of 1969, and the shock of conflict reverberates through the youth of America. As a student at a quiet college campus in the heartland of Indiana, Terry Ives couldn't be fur- farther from the front lines of Vietnam or the protests in Washington. But the world is changing, and Terry isn't content to watch. When word gets around about an important government experiment in the small town of Hawkins, she signs on as a test subject for the project, code name MK Ultra. The remote lab deep in the woods contains a mystery Terry is determined to uncover. Behind the walls of Hawkins National Laboratory, in the piercing gaze of its director, 
Dr. Martin Brenner, looks a conspiracy greater than Terry could have ever imagined. To face it, she'll need, to, she'll need the help of her fellow test subjects, including a young girl with unexplainable superhuman powers and a number instead of a name. Eight. Amid the rising tensions of the new decade, Terry Ives and Martin Brenner have begun a different kind of war, one where the human mind is the battlefield. Well, there you have it. Yes, this is a prequel to the Stranger Things world we know about. It is set mainly in the year 1969 and 1970. There is the backdrop of the Vietnam War, and we get a glimpse of what what we know now as Stranger Things. We kind of get um, filler to the story that we learned more about in um, season two, really, right? It was mostly in season two that we learned about Terry Ives and about eight. And I need to tell you something. I am, this is how bad I am. I do a Stranger Things podcast. I've watched every episode multiple times. And it wasn't until about last night that I was like, wait a second, eight. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's eight. It's Callie, eight. From season two. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the episode where uh, Eleven runs off and um, was it the Lost Sister? I think it's called. I think I'd be an expert at these things. Um, yeah. And I go, I'm so stupid that I I read most of this book and I was like, like they weren't revealing. It wasn't like some major reveal. This is the girl. And they told you right away. They referred to as eight. Her name was Callie. What more did I need to know? I was like, I am such a dum dum, but it just kind of made it even when I when I figured it out, which it wasn't anything to figure out. They told you when I realized it, it was like it made it feel like it. I don't know. It just gave it more grounding in this being the world of Stranger Thing. Now this is 1969, 1970, and it's it's um. It's Eleven's mom as a college student. And we kind of learn all about her. Um, Her sister, Becky, is in it a bit, but she's in college. She has a boyfriend. Um, It's kind of like, I do like the way they, um, they circle around major things happening in the world. Uh, They talk about the moon landing. They talk about Vietnam. Uh, These things are going on while this um this small story of these college students uh partaking in an experiment at a lab uh goes on for us so now mind you i, I didn't take any notes i'm going all off memory and i have read this book over a month which really is too long for a book but i i am um, rediscovered video games and um i also watch copious amounts of television which again, I wouldn't be here if there wasn't television. So, um, you know, it, it, it gives and it takes. Uh, but I'm going to go through everything I remember about this book. So Terry Ives is um, a young college student. She has an older sister. Her parents 
uh, both died in a car accident, um, something that she is still struggles to get over. She wants to do more in the world. She likes the idea of being part of something bigger. Uh, she finds that her college roommate was doing some sort of like lab experiment kind of to get paid. Um, I think it was like 15 bucks. And she, you know, the, um, her roommate was like, I didn't like it. It was too weird. I'm not going back. And she's like, well, I'll, I'll go back in your place. And it was just like a lot of this book, you just felt like, uh, the doom was coming because, you know, this is your hero. This is who you're rooting for. And yet you as the reader, you know, the outcome, you know, what's going to happen. Um, and it's just like that part is a bit of a gut punch. Cause even when you're like, Oh, Oh yes, they did. Oh, but oh, wait, boo. Um, yeah, that, so that, that is a bit of a gut punch when you know the, not the outcome, but the ultimate finality of certain characters. It is slightly depressing. So she's, um, She's got a boyfriend who's also in college, uh, and you know they're they're all against the war. Um, she goes to this. Um, she goes to sign up for this experiment, and it turns out that um, it's not at their college campus. They get in this black van. They drive out to Hawkins, Indiana, to go to this laboratory. They're like, I didn't even know there was a laboratory in Hawkins. Like they didn't really know much about Hawkins. Um, and, you know, it, she, she, um, she gets discovered early on that she's not her roommate, but she's like, I, I thought I'd really help. I thought I would like to be part of this. And, um, they let her stay because I felt like she, I think she had a good reaction to like the first test they were doing. Uh, so it was her. Then there were three other people that she kind of became their group of friends there was um, Alice, oh my God, Alice Johnson, uh, who was a like a tomboyish kind of girl. She was into. She didn't go to the college. She thought it'd be something interesting. She likes. She loves machines. She works for her family, doing car repair and building cars. She's a big, big car person, um, and she signed up. Then there was Gloria Flowers, who was a, a young woman who goes to the college and her family owns a flower shop called Flowers, Flowers and Gifts. Um, she, I, I forget why she wanted to join, but she's like a biology science major. I think she wanted to expand her knowledge. Then there was this guy, Ken, who said, oh, I just am supposed to be here because he's psychic. And this was the whole running gag of, not even running gag, but like the running story of Ken that he was psychic. No one really believed him, but he never, it wasn't like he predicted things. It was like he sensed things. He was like, Oh, you know, like he'd have good, good or bad feelings about things. And it got to the point where everything he said, like if he said, Oh no, I think I, I don't have a bad feeling about that. Or, um, I believed like it just got to the point where I'm like, this guy knows what he knows what he's talking about. I believe him. So, they go to this laboratory and they start bonding and they start realizing that these, these tests are a little weird because they're trying different things. Like they're testing you with LSD. They're giving you, is it LSD, right? Acid? Is that the same thing? I don't know. 
but they're giving you acid. You know, they put these little tab tablet of acid on a piece of paper, put it on your tongue. Everything I know about acid is from TV shows and movies. I've I've never done. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I've never done any illegal drug in my life. I am drinking right now a diet ginger ale, though, so um, you know I do know how to live on the edge. Wait a minute, hold on. Ah, delicious. So they're testing their limits with, they're giving them LSD and they're testing out um, like uh, different things. So one girl, Alice, they're, uh, they put, they give her electroshock therapy. Um, Terry Ives, I, they start doing her, like she gets put into one of those sensory deprivation tanks that we saw Eleven get put into. Um, the, um, the, the guy, Ken, I really don't remember what he did. And it's funny, he had the psychic ability, but, but Dr. Brenner, oh, and did I mention Dr. Brenner's running all of this, younger Dr. Brenner, um, but we don't really know. Dr. Brenner kind of doesn't, doesn't really pay much attention to Ken, which you feel like he should have based on his cognitive ability, if, if it is what it is. So what they're doing is, and if you look up MK Ultra, it is a real thing. Um, and I didn't, I didn't look it up or research it. I'm going strictly by the, this book. But what they're doing is trying to um, expand, uh, see the, the powers of the mind, basically to try to create um, advantages in warfare, right? Probably to do with the, the Vietnam War or the Russians, um, and this is, I mean, this is 1969, 1970, and they kept on doing it for years and years to come. So along the way, the, uh, Terry Ives, we see her, um, like even go into the, she goes into not the upside down, but she goes into the void, uh, and they call it the void in this book, which I think that's what I've been referring to it as. And I'm not sure if, if the TV show ever avo- ever called it that, but I thought that was pretty cool. You know, they 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 explain like walking, like your your wheat your your feet are touching wet, but you're not in. It's all black, um, and she sometimes she's able to. Oh, Terry Ives was able to kind of like go back into dreams of her life and relive them while talking to Doctor Brenner. Dr. Brenner could see potential in her, and he actually helped her to um, no longer feel sad about her parents, like remember them, but no longer feel helpless or sad about them. Dr. Brenner, I felt like, saw so much potential in Terry Ives that he didn't even see the potential that he had uh, in Alice. And I think, like, I guess because Terry could connect to that upside, to to the void, she could find things. That's what they want her to do. And it makes sense when you see what Eleven could do. Uh, but the real interesting thing for me is what Alice could do. Now, while these four people are being tested, uh, we also find out that there's a young girl who's being tested on as well. Or We don't really see her being tested on, but she's there as well. She calls Dr. Brenner Papa, 
and he refers to her as number eight. Um, at one point, uh, Terry Ives kind of looks, you know, goes and walks around the hospital, and she um, she finds this girl, and she that's when things start to take a turn for her, because she's like, "What is this place? What is going on here?" They never answer any questions, um, and it's like, "Why are they testing on children here?" And Doctor Brenner. Um, you know, excuse me if I'm rambling all over the place, but this is just how I'm remembering it as I go. Uh, Dr. Brenner at one point is, you know, realizing that he could say, you know, you're, ne- you're not going to feel s- any sorrow or pain about your parents anymore. You can remember them and love them, but take that pain away and you're going to forget we had this conversation. So she realizes that she is, or he realizes that she's susceptible to hypnosis in a way or suggestive suggestion or whatever at one point she doesn't i think she doesn't take her acid because she's kind of freaking out that she's taking this acid this lsd every day and he you know she pretends to be under and dr brenner says I want you to take this listening device and I want you to install it on Gloria's family phone. So he is now seeing if he could use the power of suggestion to get a person to uh, do something that he, you know, like something dangerous as far as planting a bug. Um, I don't like if you think of like, why does he care about the listening device there? Part of it is, I think he just wants to see if it works. And I think part of it, too, is he, he, you could see early on, he wants complete control over some of these people, except Ken. He just never really cares about Ken or Alice, really. That much. He doesn't put as much thought into Alice. And again, I think that's wrong. So they're starting to all kind of freak out. Why is there a kid here? What is going on? Uh, and we, come to find out that the kid has powers and she can create illusions. Again, that should have been a real tip-off that this was the same young woman from the Lost Sister episode, What is Wrong with Me? Um, But, and again, I'm jumping all over the place. They, um, I keep talking about Alice Johnson's powers or what, what happens when she gets electroshock therapy. She starts to have these weird dreams. And she starts to talk about these weird dreams and how it looks like here, but it's different. How it looks like here, but it's darker. And there's weird, like, streams of things flying through the air. And there's weird sunflowers. There's these sunflowers swaying and dancing, but they're not sunflowers. And it wasn't until that moment that I realized that the shocks are sending her mind, at least, to the upside down. And those sunflowers that she thought she were sunflowers. You think about the sunflower head. Think about it with the petals and the the thing in the middle, whatever the, whatever that's called. Um, I don't know what the middle of a flower is called. Wait a minute, there's the petal, there's the stem, and then there's the thing in the middle. I've lost I've lost my mind. Um, but it wasn't a sunflower she was seeing. It was. The Demogorgon. 
Think about those heads. And then she starts realizing, or she thinks she sees monsters. At one point, she sees a girl um, throwing these these um, these guards around, uh, and she's like, "There must be other girls here," and they're like freaking out. They, their big thing is, or Terry Ives' big thing is, I can't believe there are children here. Um, but um, at one point, she starts to put up kind of a fight, like, um, or she starts talking about her boyfriend, and. It's like Dr. Brenner has such a, um, he wants such a stranglehold on this woman that he sees this potential in, um, that he doesn't uh, want any distraction. So what does he do? Well, during one uh, night at the college, her boyfriend protests uh, this get-together, this, like, news conference. They're watching this, this like, Nixon thing on the war and how they were staying in Vietnam. And her boyfriend's one of these protesters who come in in masks and, and you know, just disrupt things. They spend a night in jail. And the other kids kind of get off with a slap. And Dr. Brenner apparently made some calls and did something about it because all of a sudden this boyfriend got kicked out of school. And then all of a sudden, this boyfriend gets drafted into Vietnam. So, you know, there's a little bit of like, really, this is going to go this far. But we've seen what we've seen in Stranger Things, how far they'll go to cover things up and um, and keep their research going. Um, so getting rid of one guy, who cares? Big deal. Uh, now, at one point, um, it comes to find out that there, um, that while, oh, the reason the book is called Suspicious Minds is because these four young people have suspicious minds. They, um, and, and it's not even just like, like the song I played, Elvis Presley at the beginning, Suspicious Minds. What a great song. Um, yeah, it's not just a clever title. The song is in the book. At one point, she's driving to meet her friends, and uh, the song is playing in the car. Um, again, I'm sure I'm missing stuff, and I'm all over the place, but I, I'm going all on memory, folks. No notes here, which is very different from our, our regular regular episodes. Um, so we come to find out that he is going to get drafted. And he is going to go off and they're all sad and he's getting along with all the friends. They're all becoming like good friends. They're all kind of working together to figure out what the hell, who, who is this Dr. Brenner? They go to the library. They can't find anything about him. They, they try to look him up. They can't find anything on him. Meanwhile, um, one of the girls think is thinking about, uh, oh, then they start running tests because so, uh, Terry goes over to Gloria's house and says, look, he wants me to install this bug on you. She's like, why? Goes, I don't know. She goes, well, let's install it. There's really, my family just runs a, a, a gift store. There's nothing for us to hide. Let's install it so he's not suspicious of us. And he thinks you did what you did. So they played one on him. They um, they installed the um, bug. And, you know, the Gloria girl wants to see you know, how much power, how much of a hold does he want um, on on us? So she starts 
just saying to her parents, she's, she's thinking about transferring, she's thinking about going to California at home. And all of a sudden, uh, Dr. Brenner shows up for dinner. And he just talks about how important things are and how important it is for them to stay. And basically, um, Alice was there and Gloria was there and he just intimidates them with his Dr. Brenner way. Um, with, and of course she, they, you know, she, he, he shows up there. He gets Terry's boyfriend drafted. Now, before they leave, before he leaves and gets shipped off, um, he actually, the Ken, it was, there's some weird things where Ken is the psychic and he tells Andrew, you know, I think it'd be, be best if you broke up with her. And they technically broke up, but they never really broke up. I mean, they were still in love. It was more like, it was more like technically we're broken up, but we still love each other and I'll wait for you. Um, and she um, doesn't realize this yet, but she's like, you know, she realizes her pants don't fit like they used to and she doesn't feel as good as they used to or she doesn't feel as good recently uh but dr brenner um because they while they're doing all this they take regular blood work he looks at her blood work and goes interesting and you realize it before terry realizes that she's pregnant she's pregnant with andrew's child and she needs to tell him and she calls um her family his family to uh, say, can you please have him call me as quickly as you can? And uh, terrible, terrible news, but her boyfriend is killed in Vietnam. So what that does for me, as far as the reader of the story, it show and she, so she doesn't say anything to the parents about there being a child. Um, so they're, uh, because she's like, it's too much on his on her plate. She's really worried that um, because at some point, Dr. Brenner uh, confronts her and says, you know, we're working on our future. You are our future, our child. Like he's calling it our child. And she's all freaked out. Uh, at one point, um, the, this like the big wigs of the government show up because they're they're not convinced that Dr. Brenner's work is worth it. And he has Callie put on a display but Callie doesn't want to do anything until um, Terry uh, is there to help her. It's a, it was like a weird thing where Terry doesn't do anything, but um, Callie shows her illusions. She does this. She does all this fake fire, and like the big wigs of the government are completely blown away, and they they're like, you know, can you make more of them? And he's like, oh, we're working on it. And that's, I think, when Terry realizes everything going on. Uh, it was a kind of like a sad thing where she had to go jump through hoops to get to a doctor to go test the pregnancy. And the doctor was completely judging about a girl getting in trouble. It was just different times, you know, different times. A young woman who there's no husband. She's just pregnant. Um, and uh, they just everyone was judging. It was just. Um, it, it wasn't like I mean, I'm sure there are people who still judge things like that, but it was much more out in the open. Like I would, you'd never see a doctor, you know, say these things like now about, well, you need to, you know, I don't know, just, just the, the a young girl like you getting in trouble, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she realizes now she's pregnant. And as I said, she wants to tell Andrew, but she doesn't. So there's no dad looking for the baby. 
there's no in-laws looking for the baby and her parents are gone. They're not looking for the baby either. There's only her and her sister, Becky. Um, so, she, you know, there's this big plan where, um, oh, my goodness gracious, I've left off Alice's greatest gift of all. Um, she is like, um, you know, I can see things. It's not quite the same, but I can see things, you know, and I, they're like, well, why don't we use your powers to see if we can see in the building and see what's going on more and see if we can find more kids because they're worried about there being kids. Uh, Terry at one point broke into Brenda's office and found some paperwork and it talked about, you know, kids at one and two and three and four and five, eight, all the way up to 10. That's right, 10. Uh, so at one point, they literally, the Alice, the Alice girl builds a small version of the electroshock machine. They drive out to the woods near the lab so they can be close to the lab. They hook her up and they shock her right there. They give her some acid. They shock her. She goes and she she's like, like she can talk while this is going on. So they're walking her through and Gloria's taking all these notes so they can figure out everything they can figure out. And at first she's like, I'm flying over the cars, but it's weird because all the cars look different. And now I'm in the lab and there's, there's, there's typing machines, but there's weird screens and there's plastic things. And that's when it hit me that this girl, Alice, is seeing the future. Remember, she saw this girl before. She saw this girl throwing, flinging someone before. Well, she noticed that the girl's tattoo had the number 11 on it. And Alice was like, well, all the, uh, the, all in the paperwork, all I saw was going up to 10. Yeah. This is when I was like, oh my God, it's really bringing everything full circle. Um, they, so she, oh, so she sees different cars because she's never seen these makes because they haven't been made yet. And the, 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 like the typewriters with the screens and the plastic things, those are discs going in old eighties computers. Uh, and it was Gloria who's like, she's a comic book nerd. So she realizes, she kind of estimates or guesses what, um, that you're seeing the future. That's why there's this 11. You haven't seen this yet. That's why you're seeing cars you haven't seen before that you're seeing into the future. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and she does. I feel like she knows something. She's gone into the future and she's seen some things about them, but she never wants to say. And she's like, at one point, towards the end, the, oh, they need, um, they want to get out of there. They want to get out of there badly. And Dr. Brenner does not want to let them go to the point where uh, he gets Alice committed. Now, Alice gets committed and they have this plan to break her out. They use, I'm sure I'm missing a lot and I apologize. Uh, they use the girl Callie and her illusions to fake Alice's death. They um, do this whole thing where they get her out because they need, they realize, oh, the girl Callie did tell Dr. Brenner because Callie and, Al and Alice were bonding too, uh, I think in the void, but mostly just in their room. Um, and Callie was loving these people because she's always been promised a friend and finally she has these college kids who are her friends. She tells Dr. Brenna, she tells Papa that she can see the future. And uh, yeah, Brenna wasn't going to give up on that. So now he had two people that he really, really cared about. Gloria 
they kind of her her testing was like for interrogation. I feel like, if I remember correctly, Ken again. They never saw anything interesting about Ken, um, but now that Alice can see the future, or they realize that she can see the future and how how uh, resourceful that could be, they sign. They get paperwork to get her committed. Which I was like, is that something that can happen for real? They get her committed, so that's when they go and break her out. Um, so Alice shows, um, I mean, Terry shows up, and she's like, I didn't think you'd be here. She's like, whatever. And um, she figures out a way to break Alice out. They get Alice on a bus, and they send her off to Canada. Um, and Gloria and... Um, um, Gloria and Ken stay behind. Um, wait, this is all. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I missed this whole thing where um, now Terry also researched all these ways to loot, to get lost, like creating a go bags and how to disappear and take take someone's um, name. She was basically thinking the only way she's going to get out of the hold of this lab and this scientist is to completely leave her life behind. Um but she never gets a chance to do that. Now, at one point, the doctor gave her a, a medication during the escape, and he was like, it'll, it'll work later. And it seems like what that medication was going to do was induce labor. Because um, as the book, um, towards the end of the book, she realized she's going into labor. She gets into the hospital. She's like in and out of it, but she does hear the baby crying. And then she looks and she sees Dr. Brenner. He's there at the hospital. And when she wakes up later, she's like, Where, where's, where's my baby? Where's Jane? Because Ken predicted that she'd be a girl and she decided to call her Jane. Um, and it was definitely after someone. Oh, it was named after Jane Goodall. That's right. Um, the scientist. Um that's who they named uh, baby Jane Ives after. And Becky's like, I'm so sorry, Terry. There are complications and they weren't able to save her. And she's like, I heard her. She's like, you don't understand. I, I, I saw him. He took her. He took Jane. And she's like, there's no baby, Terry. I'm sorry. You have to listen to me. Uh, and the book ended with her being like, you know, she, no one will listen to Terry. This is like the final sentences. Her baby was alive, alive, and she would find a way to prove it. That's how the last chapter of the book ended. Uh, then there was an epilogue where um, we see kind of Dr. Brenner with the baby and a nurse and, you know, like pushing the baby in a carriage and dealing with the baby that, you know, he stole. I mean, it's crazy that the people there working with him allowed this to happen um he's like uh you know okay wait let me just um read this one line to underscore who was in charge he pushed the stroller forward motioning for the nurse to open the door she held it fluttering her fingers at the, fluttering her fingers at, chi- at the child as if the child so young could understand anything except its own biological imperatives sleep Eat, defecate, sleep more, eat more, repeat. But someday, someday she would be his crowning achievement. This is how Dr. Brenna saw this kid. This is, you know, 
in his mind. It was just like, why, why even like, this is just a little tiny, you know, blob of life, a little, you know, nothing. Why, you know, someday it's going to be amazing though. She's going to be my crowning achievement. So he finally, um, and then he brings the baby in to meet um, eight. He's like, this is your friend. This is your sister. And this is like, oh my goodness. He goes, this is 11. Never says her name. Uh, and she's like, you know, this is your friend, 11. That's all you need to know. Oh, he goes, wait, she's like, 11? I'm eight. Does that mean there are, there are nine and 10 and five and six and more? He's like, look, this is your friend, 11. That's all you need to know. Um, she's like, she's too little to be my friend. She'll be bigger someday. Of course, I have the book open in front of, in front of me right now. Um, it's just like you see them kind of meeting, which was really cool. And uh, she's like, we'll be a family. He's like, yes, sort of. The child was his. She should have listened to him when he told her the child was his. Like, I think he would have been like, look, Terry, you, you could still be part of the child if you just gave me what I wanted. Uh, the book ended with um, Terry meeting with uh, her friends one last time. Um, they talked about Alice, who was hidden in Canada. She likes it up there. She's staying up there. And Ken, who started dating a guy who works at the lab. The guy got something for Ken to give to Gloria, and he sh- she Terry didn't want to take it. And uh, she's like, just look. And I'm going to read. This is the last few sentences of the book. Uh, Terry didn't know what to expect, but she took the folder from Gloria and let it fall open on her lap. A photograph tumbled out, black and white. Terry snatched it from the ground. A baby sitting up, maybe about to fall over, round cheeks. And were those Andrew's ears? She had little specks of fluff instead of hair. There was a sheet of paper in the folder, and she skimmed its contents. Project Indigo. Subject 11. Intake infant. Custodian Dr. Martin Brenner. Potential extreme. Terry went back to the photo and stared at her daughter. That was her face. Was she smiling? She would smile someday. A tear slipped down Terry's cheek. It's her. She's alive. Jane's alive. She would see her daughter again. No one and nothing could stop her. That was so tragic to read those lines because you know, you know what happens later where she is like, you know, like barely, is it invalid? I don't know. She's comatose almost. And it's like at this point, she's okay. She's not going to the lab anymore. She's okay. But I feel like the stress of losing her daughter, no one believing her. And honestly, the LSD, like the effects that it had on her brain. We don't know about Alice, Gloria, or Ken. Those names I don't think are ever spoken or brought up again. They're just for this book. But um, I'm sure I've missed out on some things. I'm sure I've, I've got some things incorrect. But I have to say that I really, really enjoyed this even more than I thought I would. Like... I know it's a prequel to the to the Stranger Things, but I I don't even know if I was making the connection that I, that it was going to be like Eleven's origin story in a way, um, and I I didn't 
quite make that. And it's funny now that you think about this is 1970. So 11 would be 50 years old today. Think about that. Those kids in Stranger Things, 11, they're 50 right now, right? If I did my math correctly, Um, which uh, is older than me. Ah, finally, I feel young and vibrant. But um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm positive I've missed out on some things in this book. Um, But again, it's, it's a little different when you're reading a book over months or a month, uh, and you're reading, you know, five pages here and there, five pages there. I think I remembered the the main gist of things. Um, very enjoyable. Like I, I, the more I read it, the more I wanted to read. Like, which that's saying something out of books. Sometimes you're in a book, and you're like, oh, I just gotta let me just finish this chapter. Oh, good, the next chapter deals with these characters. I like that. Oh, now we're back to these characters. It never felt that way with this book. It was like, I want to, I know where the, the, we end up, but I want to see what happens next on that road and how we get there. And, um, yeah, I thought this did a really good job. And because this is an official Stranger Things, uh, novel. I would say this is all in canon. This is all, uh, you know, really, this is, this, this is what happened. It's not someone's theory. They hired this writer, this author, to draft, to put together the story. And I wonder, did the Duffer brothers give her an outline? Did they give the, you got to, you know, certain beats, boom, 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 boom. And then she got to create everything herself. That's probably what happened, where it's like, we need this to happen. This is kind of what happens. Can you tell that story of what happens? I wonder if they had to approve everything. I don't know. Either way, I I really enjoyed this. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading uh, the next novel, uh, which is Darkness on the Edge of Town which looks like it focuses on um, Hopper. Um, that's all I know, just based on the cover of the book. But that's not the next thing I'm reading. No, 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 my friends. We started with a comic book. We went to a novel. Next, we're going back to a comic book. We're going back to volume two of the Stranger Things comic book. Um, I bought it as a collector's edition. It's called Six. So this must be all about number six. So this, I feel like, is going to be a real standalone story. Like, I wonder if eight is there during this. I wonder if this is happening around the same time as Suspicious Minds. The fact that this is six, now, I could be wrong, but I assume six is exactly what I think it is. Six. So we're in the 60s, um, and this is you know number six in the Hawkins Laboratory. Again, I'm just assuming I have no idea. Maybe, you know when you go to the deli and you get to a certain point in the tab and it starts over? So like you could be number 90, and then 10 minutes later it's number five. Maybe at some point they reset, and this is a new number six. That doesn't make any sense because the lab is gone. 
I, but I really wanted to make that joke. So um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. And because I'm much quicker reading comic books, thank goodness, uh, you're not going to have to wait a month to hear from me next. So I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for subscribing. Thank you guys for staying with me. Again, there was that crazy long hiatus where I just dragged my feet for so long. Then I finally got back into it and I started putting the episodes out for each show. And again, those those took a while too. Um, but uh, got through, completely caught up. Can't wait for season four. I um, do see that they um, started filming again, right? Yes, they're fi- officially filming. So um, hopefully some normalcy. Hopefully everybody's safe. That's, I hate, as much as I love the show, I would prefer everybody's safe over let's get the show back on the road. So hopefully everybody's safe. Hopefully all you people are safe. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for subscribing. Uh, you know, you can reach out to me. And if you've read this book, tell me what you think. Um, and, uh, or, you know, if you love it, if you hate it, the, the, the easiest ways to find me are through Twitter. Last time I said my wrong Twitter handle, you know. Now, my Twitter handle is Geek Mentality, at Geek Mentality. You can always find me there. But I said the wrong Twitter handle for the show. The show, I think I called it S Danger Pod or some stupid thing like that. The show's Twitter account is Stranger D Pod. You can always reach me there. Um, you can always reach me at Geek Mentality. Or you can email the show. Uh, the email address is Stranger Danger at fansnotexperts.com. And you can reach out to me and email me like my buddy, Manuel. What's up, Manuel? No, it's funny. The email says it came from Dustin Henderson. I was like, wait, what? What a second. But um, no, the email came in from a loyal listener named Manuel. And now I'm going to talk like Casey Kasem for you older people out there who know who Casey Kasem is. And Manuel writes, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Hi there. I just wanted to let you know how much I'm enjoying your Stranger Danger podcast. Knowing that there are Stranger Things freaks just like me out there feels awesome. Manuel, if I had a nickel every time somebody called me a freak, I'd be a rich man. Okay, back to the email. Someone on Twitter recommended me to listen to it, and it's been my fave podcast ever since. First of all, that person on Twitter, thank you. And awesome. What a, what a nice thing to say. Just like you um, have come up with the Stranger Danger book club to make it to make waiting until Stranger Things 4. I can't read. I told you I can't read. Let me try that again. Just like you have come up with this Stranger Danger book club to make wait until Stranger Things 4 short, shorter, I myself created something too to get through the wait. A Stranger Danger. Things digital escape room based on a hypothetical season four. I thought you might want to check it out and play it. It is a website I, as a fan, made myself. If you feel like playing it, would you mind telling me if you like it or not? I'd really appreciate it. Please keep reviewing Stranger Things books and comic books. I will, I promise. You already convinced me to buy the Other Side Comics and the Suspicious Minds book. Ah, thank you and stay safe. Manuel, you stay safe too. Thank you so much. And he mentioned he has a, a, it's called a Stranger Things Digital Escape Room. And it is at this address. Ready? The unofficial 
StrangerThingsDigitalEscapeRoom.com. And I'm also going to link to that in my show notes. So if you just if you're looking at this on a podcast, you'll see a link to this in the show notes. Um, I haven't gone through it all the way through yet, but I, I've gone to the link. I've started it. I've checked it out. It looks really well done. Like I was like, wow, this like this looks really good. Like like professionally done. It's got the right fonts. It's got it's got sound clips. I mean, I am completely into this. Again, I'm a slow reader, but I am I want to dig like check this out more. It's like you you uh, the buyers are not in Hawkins anymore. Um, uh, it's basically telling a story, a hypothetical story. Um, we got M- Murray Bowman. He's playing a voice. He's got a voice machine, um, answering machine. There's a um, a letter, and then it says where should Joyce and Murray meet, and you have to answer it. And it's like, this is kind of cool. So there's all these little questions and clues to get you to uh, the next step in the story. I'm definitely going to dig deeper into this. But again, check it out. The unofficial Stranger Things digital escape room dot com. Thank you so much, Manuel. And uh, may the Stranger Things be with you. That didn't make any sense. Folks. You too can have your email read on Stranger Danger and the Stranger Danger Book Club because while we wait for Stranger Things 4, I'm going to continue reading and continue podcasting about this amazing world that the Duffer Brothers have given us, Stranger Things. But until next time, my friends, beware illiteracy because reading is fundamental and you can't spell fundamental without F U. Fans not experts.